0: I'm Crystal. And I'm Sheena. And this is the Lifestyle of the Weird and Interesting Podcast, conversations you won't find in life's handbook. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle of the Weird and Interesting Podcast. And today is Episode 4 of Season 2, and we are going to be talking about soulmates. I'm excited to talk about soulmates, although I think that soulmates can be something that's a little bit confusing for a lot of people.
1: Yes. And this is something that's been on our episode list for a while. And I think yeah. we kind of just moved it around. But I'm very excited to talk about this. I sound really congested because I just sneezed 10 times and I also <laughs> woke up from a nap. So, yes, <laughs> I'm already off on a great start. Talking about soulmates is important because. I think it goes back to just a societal thing or, like, fairy tales or, you know, oh, Prince Charming is going to come rescue you, and that's the one you're going to be with for forever, mm-hmm. and that's your soulmate. But my views on soulmates have changed as I've gotten older, so I'm excited to get into that and talk about it.
0: Yeah, I think that it's really interesting, too, and I think a lot of it could also come from, like, your religious background or maybe what your local culture might be, because that is influenced by whatever faith is predominant in the area. You know, there's a lot of different takes on what a soulmate actually is. So just to clear that up, we're going to go over the definition of this. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what we believe that to be. So the definition of a soulmate is a romantic relationship, an intense connection where both people feel deeply drawn together as if it was somehow destined or fated to be. There is a little bit of new agey movement describing the soulmate as someone with whom you may have experienced many lives together. Um, And often that is with the purpose of specific mission, right? Wanting to fulfill specific things throughout your life could be specific lessons or maybe you have like a joined purpose. Between the two definitions, the actual meaning kind of becomes a little bit nuanced. Psychologists claim that there are four different classifications of soulmates. So the four different types that psychologists claim are romantic soulmates, which is your classic soulmate. Um, This is somebody you share a deep connection with that you feel as though they quote unquote complete you um, physically and mentally. A karmic soulmate would be individuals with a shared common mission or a shared purpose. A soul partner is more like a friend whose relationship exists beyond time and space, and a twin flame, which is when one soul has been split in half and the two halves are seeking to reunite with each other. So these are the four main ones. I'm not a fan of the twin flames kind of being in this, but I have my own unique perspective for that Uh um I personally believe that twin flames I don't I don't believe that a soul is ever fractured in half Uh I think Uh that that's a that's a really interesting place to kind of dabble I guess and
1: I think in a past episode we talked about this oh I can't remember if it was like when we talked about dimensions
0: Mm -hmm. I don't I I don't know. It was the Akashic Records one.
1: I think. Yeah. And where it's like our soul is split up into many different people
0: or something. Different times and places. Yeah. There's no boundary on like the possibility. It's all open. And so that's where like Twin Flames becomes really difficult for me because of the perspective that I hold on that but that's not to say that like you're not allowed to believe in that you know like if if people want to believe in that that's okay i would say like most of the twin flame type partnerships that i have seen they're usually really difficult so oh. the belief behind a twin flame is very they're very intense these people it's super uncommon for that to be a lifelong partnership. And the reason for that is because they are very, very difficult to maintain. Most of the time, a quote unquote twin flame person is going to show up in your life and they're going to trigger the shit out of you. Mm. They're going to activate all of your unhealed stuff. If you're not ready to heal it, that will definitely break up the relationship. right? But also um, there's a lot of times where you might feel like they complete you and then it could be like, there's a potential that somebody could be just like a really good narcissist. Right. And they've created yeah. this dynamic with you now where you believe this thing. I mean, what if somebody is like gaslighting you? Like you don't know. So I think right. that there's a lot of room for error with a twin flame. Um, but that's yeah. not to say that it's incorrect, right? And if I am totally missing the mark, I'm, t- I'm wide open to somebody giving me feedback on that and explaining this a little bit better, because it is quite possible that I don't understand it well enough. But everything that I have heard, and also from Laura Coe, who... I did her Akashic Records class, which is where I got a lot of information for that episode. She went into detail explaining the Twin Flame scenario and then explaining why it can be very volatile potentially.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What I know about Twin Flames is it is very intense and they are there to teach you lessons. So I definitely agree that it's not a lifelong thing, but I feel like when you're in it, it might be hard because that connection is so strong.
0: Yeah, Um, for sure.
1: But i don't know much about it i don't really know kind of like you said i don't know if i i believe it (laughs) not like i don't buy into that a hundred percent i have to i have to be convinced for sure but i definitely believe in like the romantic part of it karmic because i have some experiences with those like obviously um with my husband like we have a really strong connection that you can't always put into words Mm mm-hmm Like you just feel something and you're just like, yeah, this makes sense. I think as an adult, I have some of the strongest friendships that are almost like a sisterhood in the healthiest Mm -hmm. way possible. And I've never felt that connection before. And it's like such an awesome thing to feel and to like see happening. (laughs) So I think (laughs) it's so
0: cool. I think, too, some of the soul partners are, like, I. have you ever heard of soul contracts? Yes. Okay, I think that some of those probably fall into that category. Um, just for anybody who is not aware of what those are, that's based on the belief that our souls make agreement with other souls before we're born in order to have certain experiences and lessons in our lives. And this belief really helped me move through a lot of painful, traumatic things from like my childhood. So really looking at what is like the overarching lesson that we're learning in this existence, right? So what better way, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but like what better way to learn about the depths of love than to feel the depths of like rejection and the depths of disconnection and sadness and like all of these things, right? And and that is a reoccurring thing from when I was very young, is going through all of those things. And so I think that I must have been <laughs> somehow in like a contract with like my dad or with with my mom or, you know, with certain people that like this is a pattern that has shown up to teach me what love is. Because you don't know what it is until you don't know what it really isn't. Yeah. Until you know what it isn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. That actually like is part of my notes to talk about because as a kid, it's like soulmates is like usually just one person romantic relationship Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I don't know why. I mean, I would have to dabble into this in therapy, I guess. But as a kid, I just had a lot of like attachment issues Mm-hmm. like i could talk to a person one time and i'm immediately like bonded to this person and i don't even know them mm-hmm. but it's like i'm just with them and they are my person now and then they like walk away from me and i'm devastated and like my person just left me you know mm-hmm. or like say i go to an event or something and i talk to someone and i'm like okay like i'm bonded with this person and then they leave or whatever it's almost like this feeling of wow like i just opened a piece of myself to this person and they just left or whatever i don't know it's this this weird attachment issues that i I had i don't more so have them anymore because as i've gotten older i realize oh people
0: are meant to come and go from your life and it doesn't have to be a bad thing For sure. Well, and I think too, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think a lot of twin flame things show up when you have one person that is the avoidant attachment style because Mm -hmm. it kind of feeds that, especially if you have like one person who's anxious and the other one who's avoidant, the anxious person is like trying to make contact and they're nervous about it and they're worried, right? Like that's kind of the underlaying feeling i think of the anxious attachment is like you're worried like what a, it's there's a fear of rejection there's a fear of like what if you're not good enough there's always that and then you have this person yeah. who is like the avoidant which means that they just like it's like there's traffic cones around intimacy and they're just like swerving in and out and not not ever truly connecting with someone and i think that yeah. when you get into those dynamics especially with those two specific attachment styles you're going to have a lot of things that feel like a really deep chemistry or a really solid connection because there's like the chaser and then there's like the runner and and because that dynamic is present i think that it's really easy to confuse that for a twin flame
1: that makes sense that makes sense and then it makes it hard like how to know what's what and maybe that's just Mm -hmm. a situation where you're like you don't put a label on it because it's too (laughs) confusing or it's too hard and also just to maybe like protect yourself you know because i i definitely think part of the soulmates conversation is people come into your life to teach you a lesson and it might be painful but regardless like stuff happens for a reason
0: yeah, I feel like almost every episode we're revisiting this like topic of having boundaries. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all We'd the time. That. Like, please take care of yourselves. <laughs> please, <laughs> please do your boundary work. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, just,
0: yeah. Watch out for stuff like that because I think you know the concept of a twin flame is really interesting, and I think these are people who you could learn a lot from, right? Especially if they're your opposite in every way. Uh-huh. If they show up and like they're your opposite and they're like, they're pulling you in different directions. Like what better way to grow and to like course correct, right? Because from everything that I've read, twin flames kind of show up as a piece of your life to help you direct on the right path. Like sometimes you're going in the wrong direction and these people show up and then they're just like, you know, an eye-opening experience or an aha moment for you. And that's all they're meant to be. But then if you have that anxious attachment or the avoidant attachment, or like, if you have a, a difficult dynamic in that, it's going to be really hard not to just latch on to that idea and then ride through the craziness that ensues after that point. Because sometimes it's yeah. not truly meant to stay. No, exactly. And I think you could
1: also scare people away like if you have the anxious attachment style because you could be like your anxiety and panic is like why why are you so distant i haven't talked to you in a few days oh hello hi blah blah blah, blah, blah. you could really like ruin relationships that way by
0: bugging sure. people <laughs> Well, I think, and I think that that's kind of an interesting conversation to like, to, to dive into attachment styles. So if that's something that you guys are curious about, let us know. You can leave a comment on the episode. Um, Speaking of comments on the episode, the last one that we put out had so many comments where we were talking about karma. (laughs) That was amazing. Yeah, it's so good to hear from everybody and to know that this is a topic that you guys are super curious about. So we are planning to do a full episode where we cover everything that has to do with karma. We're going to be discussing it with somebody who has a lot of expertise in this area. Very excited for that. So look forward to that episode coming up soon. I think that that is in a couple of months. So that'll be a good one. We'll answer all the questions. (laughs) It's going to be so good. So, so good. We're going to come back to soulmates now and talk a little bit more about this. So, Crystal, what is your perspective on soulmates?
1: Oh, like I said, probably 500 times because my brain's so foggy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I used to think there's one person out there for everyone, but that also applies to like friends. So I met a lot of my really close friends when I was uh, like six or seven like in mm-hmm. elementary school i am still friends with them to this day i definitely think that has something to do with the soulmate. most of my life these people have been there and as far as like romantic wise i'm more in the boat where like i used to think divorce was bad um mm. i and i don't know why i thought that like my parents were not divorced but A lot of my family has been divorced before. Hmm. Um, And I think something I always wanted for myself growing up, this is the era of like teen mom. Okay. So like not the best examples, but like (laughs) I always wanted to be, I wanted to like marry young. I wanted to have a family really young. And I think I just wanted, and this could kind of be tied into like a past life thing potentially, just meeting someone from a young age and like growing up with them and growing up together and just like Mm -hmm. fantasizing about this life of we've been married for like 70 years i i I don't know maybe like a notebook type of situation i don't know but that was something i always like fantasized about so i think that that one person for you idea might have come from that and also maybe like fairy
0: tales you know and things for sure
1: but as I've gotten older and have gone through so much in my life up to this point, (laughs) I think people come into your life for a reason. I think people are here to teach you lessons. I think what is meant for you will always find you and that's including people. And it might be temporary. So like I just got married recently and Obviously, I hope we stay together, but God forbid, if anything were to happen, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, that is meant to be a piece of my life. That is meant to be a part of my life where I learn valuable lessons and people come and teach me things. And I kind of have that perspective on it instead of like, oh my gosh, no, divorce is bad. Like you can't do that. And you have to stick it out no matter what or whatever. Right. right. Um, I have a, a whole different mature perspective on it now Mm
0: -hmm. than i did
1: when i was younger and just had this like tunnel vision about what i thought was right and wrong and then like i said as far as friendships go i think people come and go i had really bad attachment issues when i was little um i've grown out of it because of my life experiences um but i think with my closest friendships now it would be really hard if one of them ended i think i would take it really hard because these people have been with me through so much that i've gone through and i'm so vulnerable with them and if it were to just like end one day or something i think I would feel really insecure about it and Mm. I don't know, I wouldn't feel good. It would be really hard, but again, having that perspective of like, okay, like the universe does things for a reason. Sometimes we don't know why sometimes friendships end and we don't know why sometimes things happen. We don't always have an answer if at all, or right away that, just having that kind of in the back of my mind like okay like this ended for a reason and kind of like you have to sit with those feelings and like process them whenever a friendship or a relationship ends like you definitely mm-hmm. need that grieving period but yeah I that's kind of where I stand on soulmates um, I think it's romantic and it's you know like a sisterhood or a brotherhood or whatever like you just find your closest people that get you and Sometimes they stay, sometimes they go, but everything happens for a reason. That's kind of where I stand on it. How about you? I
0: like that. I think it has changed a lot in time. You know, I've always been, ever since I was young, like I've always been a pretty big believer in like destiny. Right. I've always believed that like the right people will find you at the right times. And I don't Mm -hmm. know why I believed that because like the worst examples, right, <laughs> of, of this in my life. Like as a young person, I had some of the worst people come in and out of my house. But that's what happens when you grow up the way that I grew up. Uh-huh. So it was really interesting. And I always kind of just thought like, the perfect people find you in the perfect moments. And I just held on to that from the time I was pretty young. I think I must have had this conversation with my grandma or something. She was a really like predominant figure in my life, in my childhood. And um, it probably came from her. Anyway, she's a really amazing lady. We'll have to talk about her sometime because she she's incredible. I used to believe in like destiny and fate and like all those things. But I also believed in free will. And, and a lot of times I think that those two things feel like they are contradictory, right? Mm, they feel yeah. like maybe they don't line up, but they really do from like a really zoomed out, like spiritual lens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Free will is not what we think it is. Right. Like, right? it's not like I'm going to eat a piece of cake because I can, that's not free will. Free will. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's your ego making decisions, right? Free will is like the, the universe is always in response to you. And that's a newer development. Like in my belief system that um, probably in the last couple of years, I've, I've learned that everything is available to us all the time, depending on what we decide that we want, right? That's what free right. will is. It's just the universe saying yes to everything. So when yeah. you make a decision that you're like, I'm not doing that, universe says yes. Uh-huh. If I make a decision that says I can't do that, universe says yes. That's what free will is in my mind. So uh-huh. so having these two things, they're, they're slightly different, right? We have destiny and fate, and then we also have free will. And so when I was really young, I was like really oddly specific about who I wanted to marry. And it's so funny <laughs> because I was like, he has to have green eyes, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that came from why did I want a guy with green eyes that's so random I was like he has to be really kind for Mm -hmm. sure deal breaker for me if he's not kind and also funny which Mm -hmm. like okay I'm already building you know this person that is like impossible (laughs) um (laughs) so I have like all these ideas in my head well as I got older I kind of started deciding I was like I don't know if I want anything like I think I just want to be alone that Mm. was easy. Right. Because I had like all this unpredictability. I had this instability. I had like all these people who never showed up for me. And so I was like, maybe I don't want to have to depend on anybody else. Maybe it'd be easier to just depend on me because I know what to expect from me. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to follow through for myself because I always have. So I kind of gotten into that mindset. Well, and of course, once I had made that decision, I met my husband. Oh, of course. Of course. Guess what? He has green eyes. (laughs) Oh, guess what? He's also hilarious and like one of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. It's been one of my favorite things that I've ever experienced is being with him when there's someone in need. It doesn't matter what it is. Like he holds the door for everyone indiscriminately. He helps every old lady he ever sees with her groceries. He helps every person he ever sees stuck on the side of the road, like the nicest human I ever could have found. And so I'm like, okay, universe. She said, yes, because she sent me this man who has all of the qualities, right? That I was at a very young age. I was like, this has to be all the things that he possesses or I'm not into it. It took me a long time to manifest that. (laughs) (laughs) But then he showed up and I'll tell you, I don't know that I truly believed in soulmates. I mean, I was really into like this spiritual stuff from a pretty young age, but. I remember the night that I met him, the feeling that I had in my body. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nope, 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 not happening. I was dating someone else. He was going through a really messy divorce. I was like, we can be friends. I've known him my whole life. So I was like, we can be friends and I'll be supportive. And the more time I spent with him, the more I was like, he's it. Yeah. like i just knew and and there's no way that i could have known that like that quickly right like right impossible but i knew so then uh, i was like oh i guess soulmates are real <laughs> oh my so i believe gosh. in that and and i've had people from that point on in my life that have showed up that have been like oh i know what this is mm-hmm. um like you're my soul friend right and i've known that and then i've had like my brother, he was dating this girl. They got engaged. I was like, she's not it, man. Like it doesn't, the, the sauce isn't there. Like I can feel it. This isn't it. And the second he brought his current wife to my house, I was like, you need to keep her. And he was like, that's my plan. So, you know, like, I don't know, there's something, there's some kind of magic. It's, it's so hard to, quantify right with language like how do you explain i think you said that earlier how do you explain like what this soul connection is i don't mm-hmm. know but it's tangible right mm-hmm. it's almost like you can see it but mm-hmm. you can't see it with your human eyes you see it with like, right. your spirit eyes and so anyway i know i'm getting like way deep into the weeds on that but i i absolutely love that i think it's super cool um my friend jen She's definitely one of my soul friends. She showed up at like the perfect moment. And we both worked under a manager that was just super perceptive. And when he met her, he was like, I knew she and you would work really well together. I was like, you were right. Like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the gift of this friendship person who I don't really know. Like, I don't know. It's happened a couple of times like that. And I, I have, I mean, Cassidy that we had on the podcast. I've never actually met her in person, but she's definitely one of my soul friends.
1: Uh-huh. And,
0: and like, I don't even remember how we met. That's I don't know where I found her. I think I found her on Instagram, but we just connected. And there's yeah. been so many of those in my life. And I have lost those and I'm absolutely devastated every time it happens. But I agree with you that it happens for a reason and I have to accept that. Yeah, Even though it's hard. Because yeah. when you lose those soul friends, it's like a piece of you is gone forever.
1: Yeah, exactly. I would love to share a story because talking about these soul relationships. So I never met my biological grandmother. She passed away when my mom was in her 20s. So wasn't mm-hmm. even a thought yet. And I don't know when this thought came to me but it's something I feel like I've always carried especially I was in college when I started dabbling into my genealogy and kind of learning like where my family came from because I had no idea at that point and mm-hmm. my grandpa remarried and I have my grandmother I have now and I think she is like a soul person like yeah she helped raise me. she took me on vacations, she did everything for me as a kid. We went school shopping, like all this stuff. like she saved my life and like I'm not even kidding. like I'm not exaggerating when I say that. like she 100 mm-hmm. like saved my life and made me the person I am today. And I think had my biological grandmother been alive, I would not have had the same relationship. Or even the same kind of parent relationship that my grandma gave me with what I know about her. I think my grandma is here for me. <laughs> and I know, mm-hmm. like, she's definitely here for me. Um, that's awesome. And that's definitely like a soulmate thing. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, yeah. It's wild that that happens. And we can, like, go. I think we talked about this in a last like a previous episode, but soul contracts, I 100% believe in. My favorite medium, Kim Russo, talks about it in her book, and that kind of opened me up to that concept because I never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think I chose my family for a reason. Um, before I was born, I signed some contract, who knows why, to deal with all that I've dealt with in this lifetime but it's all for a reason and the people that have come and gone are for a reason
0: I think that we have to be really careful too you know as we're saying like there's there's purpose behind everything we're not saying like that all happens for a reason as a means of like spiritually bypassing somebody or like bypassing emotions right like we're we're saying it from a perspective of like really understanding what this loss feels like and the things, the grief and like the things that you go through in this lifetime uh, on a very real level. We've talked about grief in a previous episode. Um, And I think I just want to make sure that we clarify that, you know, it's not coming from that perspective, but just really as you sit with those feelings, I think that knowing that there is a purpose behind all of it really... Brings everything full circle, right? It makes you feel so much more complete when you can reach that resolution, and it's not something you can rush into, right? Like you can't just be. Everything happens for a reason. Your way out of grief, right? Like, <laughs> if you don't no, feel it, no. If you don't feel your way through grief, you're not going to get to the other side. You're not going to feel better. Right? You're just not because that's going to keep coming up. And my
1: husband likes to humble me very well. He d- is not <laughs> spiritual at all. We've had these conversations before. He doesn't really believe. He's very um Oh my god, my thoughts are all over the place. I'm not making sense. He <laughs> believes, He is very he believes in stoicism. So mm-hmm. he is not really in the camp of like about the soul thing like we are. Sure, he will sure. play devil's advocate till kingdom come. Sometimes. I have one of those,
0: too. <laughs> yeah, so you feel my pain. He says the exact same thing. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. And I'm like, yes, do it. I appreciate the perspective.
1: See, I have the opposite. I give a huge eye roll and I'm like, all right, go. <laughs> He does remind me, like, hey, sometimes things just happen and there is no reason behind it. So I think that's another way to think too. Like, you can't everything sure. happens for a reason. I'm going to have my crystals and my sage and tarot cards and do all these things. Like, sometimes right. things just happen. Sometimes your car gets broken into. Sometimes your car breaks down. Sometimes you lose your job. Sometimes, you know, things in life just happen because that's life and it's full of change. And I hate every second of it, but I have to accept it because it's not going <laughs> to change. So sometimes things just happen, but I'm a huge fan of you need to process your feelings. And that's what therapy has taught me. If that means you just need to sulk for a day, journal, write it out, try to process what you're feeling, like do it and then bounce back um, and really be really reflect on how you're thinking, feeling, how something makes you feel, what you think the other person is going through. Because I think a lot of times we always think about ourselves. And I really, in those situations, like I do think about myself first, because obviously it's like human nature, but also put yourself in the other person's shoes. If you had a fight with a friend or a fight with a spouse or a falling out, or you just need space from someone, like really think about why you're needing this for yourself or what, what happened to the situation that made you triggered or made you explode or whatever the case. And then think about the other person too. What could they be going through? Could they just have a bad day? Are they really going through a hard time and they're just so in their own mind, they're not even being aware of other people. You know, you really have to think about those things. Um, So I think it's a balance. Like, I really like what you said. You can't, everything happens for a reason, your way out of everything. Um, Yeah, no. But It's just about intent, it's about, reflecting. It's about being honest with yourself about yourself and others and your situation and
0: their situation. Um, Yeah. So there's my tangent. I will push what he says a little bit further and say sometimes the reason things happen are for other people. That's kind of the stance that I have on that. Like sometimes I believe everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason isn't for us sometimes the reason is for someone else. So, yeah, you lose your job. Maybe you don't know what that reason is, but maybe that job needed to be for someone else because they needed to learn something really powerful from that space, right? That's and we don't know that and we're never going to know that. We're not we're not allowed that kind of explanation and information, right? right. And so I think that's that's kind of I guess another caveat to like everything happens for a reason like sometimes you don't get to know what the reason is
1: yeah you'll never know what the reason is until you're not here anymore and who knows what happens on the other side but yeah life is a journey and it's got so many ups and downs and twists and turns and we're all human i think it goes back to our last couple episodes where we really dive deep into humanity and like Mm -hmm. we're gonna hurt people and people are gonna hurt us whether it's intentional or not.
0: And that's just part of the this life that we live. Yeah, I think so. I think that I think that it is really interesting sometimes to think about things from that perspective, like to it's really hard in the moment, you know, to like zoom out far enough to really see all the perspectives to see like what's happening to me and also what's happening to the other person. And I think that's where time can be a really great gift. Um, because it allows you to process everything that's happening and maybe run through like the conversation in your head before mm-hmm. you have it, and then when you have it, it's a lot easier to stay. I'm just going to use the term uh, emotionally regulated, right? It's a lot easier to stay in like neutral territory, right, and not yeah. get not get super like activated or triggered by someone else. Like to be able to maintain the conversation without it bringing up additional things. And I think that that's really such a powerful tool in relationships and you know it fits really well in this conversation because that's basically what we're talking about is being able to stay like emotionally regulated. A lot of times when we get into conversations with someone that we care deeply about there can be things that they can say that activate a lot of things for us, right? Like it can yeah. become a very emotionally loaded conversation super quickly. Oh yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Like my husband and I, he's a very logical person and I'm very emotional. It'll, those don't go together very well, you know? So you have yeah. to kind of find that compromise, and that balance. Yeah. Um, but I think you touched on something really important, which is time truly does heal. You have to give things time. If you're impatient, if you're being pushy, if you're trying to force something, the universe will push right back if it's not ready or if you're not ready for it, you know.
0: Yes, I agree. And I'll also add that time and proper care will heal everything. Because if you just leave a wound, like a physical wound, if you just leave it, you break your leg and you just leave it, like time's not going to heal that, right? You have to take care of it. Yes. Like you don't, you you would be horribly disfigured if you left it. So yeah. like the proper care is what's really going to heal that. And a lot of times what the proper care will be for these situations is like self-evaluation. That's the hardest thing to do, especially in a relationship to say like someone else is, comes to you and they're like, hey, what you said really hurt my feelings. For me to just dismiss that, like I'm not addressing the wound I'm just letting time heal it, right?
1: Yeah. But
0: it's important for me to say, okay, here's like the piece of this that I can take ownership for. And maybe sometimes clarity will be the thing that brings the proper care, right? To ask the question and to be able to say, that's not what I intended. Here's what I was thinking. This is what I meant. And I'm sorry it came across the way it did. And We've had a lot of practice at this. My husband and I have been married almost 22 years. So... We practice this a lot (laughs) where we have to come back together and say, okay, this thing that you said kind of made me feel a certain way. And then we talk about it and it's not an easy conversation, but ultimately like that's what builds your relationship. That's what builds intimacy. And the same can be said for friends. Like if you feel that closeness with them and you feel like these are your soul people, you have to be willing to have those conversations.
1: A hundred percent. So I'll I'll follow that up with, uh my grandma i don't know if she still does but we used to be big dr phil fans big like i'm pretty sure she has 100 episodes on her dvr still and oh wow <laughs> like she would watch all the time and one thing that's always stuck with me that he said and this is years ago so i've carried this with me for a very long time if two people still have love for each other they're not ready for a divorce yeah um If you absolutely hate the person you're married to and you don't even want to try and you're like, I just want to be done with this person, then obviously this chapter, this boat has sailed and you move on. But if there is something worth fighting for, Hmm. then you can get through it so if that's like couples counseling if it's just having those hard conversations right like this is how you made me feel this is what i need to change and i think a lot of people have a hard time asking for change in their partner i forgot if i was listening to a podcast if i remember when i'm editing i'll put it in the show notes i know what it was okay i'm having this kick i'm watching the orville on hulu i Mm -hmm. love this show because it it kind of star trekky but it's very like modern day and it talks a lot about humanity highly recommend there's three seasons i'm binge watching it for like the second time because i'm just so in love with it and the two the captain and the commander used to be married and one of them they had infidelity and then they divorced and separated but now they're like co captaining the ship basically Mm -hmm. and she was talking, like, reflecting on their marriage to someone, to a friend, and she was like, I never asked him to change. Mm. And I thought that was so powerful because I feel like in a relationship, you think compromise, compromise,
0: compromise. Sure. But
1: it's okay. Like, you don't want to change your person, but it's okay to ask for – what you need to change to make the situation better. Sometimes in a relationship, you do things even though you don't want to for your partner. And that's just Mm. how it's, it's how things go. Right. But I thought that was so powerful. Like I never asked him to change.
0: I don't know that I a hundred percent agree with you on this. Mm -hmm. I think that it is possible to uncouple yourselves in a conscious right. way where you maintain love for each other, right. if the situation is not correct. And mm-hmm. that would be, you know, huge, huge sidebar to say like what is correct and what isn't, right? <laughs> but I also believe that each person is allowed to have non negotiables. And this right. comes from the space of boundaries, right? Like I have certain things that if my husband ever did, it'd be done. That'd be oh, it, 100%. it'd be over, right? Like, yeah. So we, we've had very clear communication about what our non-negotiables are and neither of us would ever do those things, but we know what they are. And so it's all out on the table. Right. Right. So I think that when you're in those situations, if that non-negotiable or that boundary gets violated, Mm -hmm. if that becomes a pattern, you can still have love for that person, but you don't have to stay in that relationship. Right. Right. So I think, I think that, Each situation is completely unique. And that's where I think some of this stuff gets a little bit, I don't know, the water gets muddy really quickly, right? When we're talking about this, because every situation is so unique. Um, But I have seen people who have like decided that they're not going to be a couple, but they maintain a really solid friendship. Like, especially if it's people who have kids together, right? Yeah. now you have to co-parent together. So it's beautiful if you're able to do that in a way that is respectful and loving. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, like you're gonna get back together or whatever. Like there's there's a lot of outliers in this whole world of things that we're talking about. So please don't feel like called out or (laughs) isolated or whatever by this conversation because I think that I think it's really situation dependent. It Um, is like
1: I know people who have gotten divorced and years later got back together because they did the work and they realized, oh, like I'm a totally different person now. I still love you. Like, yes, you know, obviously both parties have to agree to that, right? But I think that's a really cool thing. And that's also like a soulmate situation in my book. And for context about the show, what she wanted him to change was work.
0: He Mm -hmm. was working
1: so much that she felt ignored and her needs were not being met. And so she just wanted to ask, or she was saying like, I should have asked him to not work so much. I should have asked him maybe to be more present um, in our relationship. I should have asked him to pay attention to my needs and tell him what my needs are. So that's kind of where that's coming from. But I totally agree. Like every situation is different, but I also think that's the beautiful thing about, Life, yeah. like we all have our own journeys, and we all have our own relationships with people that teach us things. And people come and go, and I don't know. It's a part of this crazy life. But yeah. if you're someone like me who wants to cling on to anybody you can relate to, that <laughs> that's a very unique life. Situations. Yeah, um, well, I think that's hard, why
0: but. I think that's why attachment styles are really an important thing to understand about yourself. Because if you have one you don't like, the good news is you can change it. That's true. It just takes work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say, like when I was younger, I probably had the avoidant attachment. Um, Mm -hmm. I was super independent um, and I was the oldest of the kids. And so there were a lot of times where if I needed something, my needs went unmet and it wasn't any fault of my parents per se. It was more that my mom had six kids and everybody needs something. Right. But this also comes to a really important thing too that I think it's okay to ask for what you need in a relationship, be that friendship, mm-hmm. partnership, whatever kind of relationship you have, a work relationship, you know, like with your boss. Um, it is okay to ask for what you need. It might not get met, right? And that's that's right. also okay. Sometimes what we need and what we ask for are outside the capacity or the capability of the other person. So that's where compromise comes in. But it's always okay to ask for what you need. And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't know what that is. So again, like, that's where I would encourage people, get to know yourself really well and do your own mm-hmm. work on yourself so that you know what it is that you need. How do you feel supported? Yeah. You know, like, that's that's what you should be asking for, is like, what are the things that make you feel supported, validated, loved, all of those things? And, you know, if that doesn't line up with what the capability or capacity of the other person is, have a conversation about it. But again, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And I think vulnerability is something that's really hard for a lot of people.
1: A hundred percent. I really agree with you on having those hard conversations, especially like with your partner, with your family and with your friends, I feel like they all have like such different dynamics. So you might be more comfortable talking to your spouse about something hard versus like your friends or your family's the hardest sometimes, you know, yeah. to have those hard conversations with. But I think that's so important. And kind of like you said, just being self-aware, that's the first step in, in my book is to be self-aware about what you want, what you don't want, setting those boundaries, who you are, what you wanna change, what you love about yourself. And then mm-hmm. you can, expand like outward okay what do you want in a friendship what do you want in your parents what do you want in your siblings your your partner like all of that yeah there's a lot into it and I really I mean it ties into soulmates so
0: yeah I know this is such a broad conversation and also yeah one thing I definitely want to mention is it's really easy to like gaslight ourselves (laughs) Into believing things when we're talking about soulmates, like every person you meet isn't your soulmate, right? (laughs) Right. And that's kind of, I mean, there are going to be really important people that you'll meet in your life, but I think too, there's a lot of times where like really intense chemistry does not necessarily equal a soulmate or a twin flame, right? Sometimes you just have chemistry with people, and that's okay. Like, again, it's kind of like everything happens for a reason, but sometimes that reason isn't going to make any sense or be explained to you. So this is kind of the same thing where like everybody pops in for a reason, but sometimes that reason is not for you. Sometimes that reason is something else. That's true. Everybody is so beautifully unique. Like your uniqueness is not always going to balance somebody else's and that's okay. They're just not meant for you. That's not a bad thing, but a lot of people take that as a bad thing, especially if you're in the arena of like, I mean, if you if you've grown up in like a fundamental Christian faith, there is a very strong possibility that you've been raised to be a people pleaser and people who end up in that situation are always trying to maintain people, trying to keep people at the detriment of themselves. So what I would say in all of this is know yourself really well. And the more that you know yourself, and the more that you know like what you're capable of doing, how you respect yourself, all of those things, the better your relationships are gonna be in the long run, all of them. And the better those relationships are, again, the more you learn to love yourself. So it it becomes like this monster that feeds itself, but it's like this really beautiful thing. (laughs) I feel like I'm not making any sense, but. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) That actually brings up a really good point because a lot of my friend groups, you included, teach me things about myself. So my husband Mm -hmm. is always pointing out the good in me. My girlfriends are always pointing out the good in me. You are always Mm -hmm. pointing out the good in me that I don't always see. And vice versa. We do that with our our relationships, our friendships. And I think that adds to the self-love like humans need community, whether we like it or not. Like I'm a I'm a person who yep. likes to be by myself, but I need my people at the same time. And they yeah. teach me things about myself that I can't get just by reflecting and journaling and pulling a tarot card. So.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think, I don't know. I had a really beautiful conversation with one of my good friends um, right at, I think it was right before the pandemic. Would have been like 2018 when I was I was really in it, man. I was going through a lot of stuff at that point. And when we were having this conversation, she said to me that we're kind of like these multifaceted beings and every person who comes into your life sees through a different facet, right? So sometimes they'll see like, oh, like you're a shiny blue diamond and everybody sees that you're a blue diamond and you're beautiful and everybody loves you. Sometimes people are going to see the facet where you can see the flaw inside the diamond. And uh-huh. some people love the diamond more for the flaw. Right. This friend told me that community is the key to healing all of the wounds that we carry. And I really believe that because everybody's looking through a different facet at who you mm-hmm. are. And you can't see that in a mirror, right? Right. And if you see that flaw inside the diamond, it might be the only thing you see. You don't see everything yeah. else, right? Like that's why perspective is so helpful. I say that all the time. <laughs> I feel like I've said that in so many episodes where like perspective is a big deal, but it really is. And yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I guess we'll close on that thought. But I think everybody sees you from a different angle. Everybody sees and appreciates different things in us. And that's why like connection is so important. But it's also why vulnerability is a big deal. And if you don't know who Brene Brown is at this point, like you (laughs) need to go (laughs) seek her out. She is one of my favorite authors, favorite speakers, like uh, everything I've ever read or watched or listened to, like her work is groundbreaking, Mm -hmm. especially in the realm of vulnerability. Vulnerability is the thing that makes it so you can connect with others and being able to connect with others is ultimately the thing that heals everybody. And we're at a really weird place as humanity, right? We're at a really weird place on this planet. Like, it's really shitty right now. People are going through really hard things. I mean, we don't need to talk about all of it. There's a lot of really horrible things happening on this planet. And I really do think that connection and vulnerability would make a huge difference in correcting and healing what a lot of those things are. If we just stop thinking that we were the only ones who were right. If, that we were the only ones who knew what needed to be done, right? Uh-huh. Like, that feeds so many issues on our yeah. planet. Well,
1: and we could also tie it back to a smaller scale with just social media and, like, oh, yeah. You know, I feel like I feel like maybe the theme for this season of the podcast is like community and humanity and how we just yeah. do better.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, it's so on brand though, because of the astrology for <laughs> this year.
1: <laughs> That's fair because it, it really circles back to the same thing in the last three episodes. So we might sound like yeah. a broken record, but I don't care. People just are so insecure and afraid to be vulnerable that they just pick on other people because other people, uh, how do I want to say this? Other people are choosing to be vulnerable with what they share. No, and it's then, a lot
0: easier to pick on somebody else than deal with your own shit, isn't it? Yeah. Or just be mean. Like I'm thinking of one
1: account I follow in particular where she's fighting through the haters and she still posts content every day. And she's trying to be a better person mm. by being healthier and just a better version of herself. And she's sharing her journey online. And I think it's mm. a beautiful thing. I'm like such a fan of her and, and she's just like a small like content creator on the grand scheme of things. But like, she's like, you know, I have so many haters and I'm like, oh man, like good on her. Like I, yeah. I it's like inspirational because it's hard to be vulnerable. I mean, we're, we're vulnerable with this podcast that so we've had haters, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that's hard rejection it is. is hard I'm thinking we should do an episode on like rejection exposure or something <laughs> I think that would be so fascinating because I need that
0: sure <laughs> we could talk about it that's like my deepest wound why don't we be real vulnerable <laughs> why about, don't like, we just
1: <laughs> hop on the vulnerability train with that one but yeah. no it's same like I, I but I also don't get it like I don't get being mean to other people but uh mm. talking with my therapists like I project my anger and things towards myself.
0: So I will
1: not do that to other people. I will not hurt other people. I will hurt myself. I I need to do better at talking to myself like a friend would talk to me. But other people are not like that. They just
0: don't give a shit and will just spew shit out into the world. When the voice inside is running like a broken record, right? And it's telling you the same shit all the time. That's what's coming out. So whatever's coming out, whatever's internal is far worse. That's the one thing like that's common. That's a thread that runs through every human. Whatever's coming out, you have to know that the internal dialogue is far worse. So people who are willing to say those things out loud are only willing because of exposure, because that internal voice is constantly saying these words to them. I understand what that is to be in a situation where you feel like your internal dialogue is really not so nice. And that's kind of the work that I was doing with the friend that I was telling you about earlier in 2018 was, was relearning this because, and we'll we'll cover yeah. this, I'm sure, in a future episode, but I was on medication for a very long time and coming off of that, I had to relearn everything. Yeah. And going through that process at 33 was not easy was really uncomfortable. Um, And vulnerability takes on a whole new meaning Mm -hmm. when you're in that situation. (laughs) So, you know, like it's, I don't know, I'm kind of awkward and, and like weird. And I tend to share more than what people are comfortable hearing. So I learned that pretty quickly when I was young. And then again, when I (laughs) had to go through that experience, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that internal voice is not always so nice. And, and if you're working on that, like, I just applaud you, everybody mm-hmm. who's trying to change that. You can change it. It does take time. And you're yeah. not going to be perfect at it. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of
1: those things you have to be patient with yourself. You have to be kind with yourself, especially once you acknowledge, like, wow, I need to work, really work on this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, because it will have so many benefits. Like, I'm sure it'll improve your mood. It'll improve how you see yourself. It'll improve how you carry yourself in the world. It'll change how people see you. Mm -hmm. Because if you have that confidence and that, you know, it's just, you know, it's a whole thing, but you got to start with that acknowledgement. Like I need to change this and then you, you go from there.
0: Well, and I think the step from there, like the building blocks kind of become like recognizing it before it comes out of your mouth. right? Right. That you recognize that voice is speaking to you. And the two things that I would ask you is one, whose voice is that?
1: Is it Mm -hmm. your own?
0: Because 90% of the time, it's not. It's somebody else. And the second question is, why are they yelling so loud? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. why is this message so loud? They're allowed to talk to you. So really what this voice is, is it kind of embodies what the ego is. Mm -hmm. And the ego gets really loud when it doesn't get listened to right yeah. your ego is literally here to keep you alive it's a big deal and we don't want to get rid of it we want yeah. to become partners with it it gets yeah. to be your teammate and teammates don't talk trash about each other so That's right <laughs> so we're going to go we're going to go to work with this teammate and we're going to teach it like hey you can't come in this room of my brain and start telling really mean shit to me About how I played that game yesterday, right? Like We're going to come in and we're going to say, okay, I hear you. I appreciate you. Here's how we're going to handle this. And that's where I think, like I said earlier, that time, that pause in between things to be able to really feel what you got to feel and sit with those things, you know, feelings, thoughts, all of that. That's going to make the biggest difference. If every person just paused, our world would be a very different place. (laughs) Yeah. And now that I'm done with my tangent, (laughs) I thought I was ending and then I kept talking, which is the story of my life. Same.
1: (laughs) So on that note, we will end this episode here. Please be sure to write into us at weirdlifestylepod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about soulmates and even vulnerability since we touched on that a lot. Please give us five stars if you are enjoying the podcast and you enjoy these episodes. Also, write into us about any topics you want us to discuss, which we got in the last episode. We got a lot of comments. So thank you for that. And we also have Instagram, Weird Lifestyle Pod. You can DM us. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you for the next one.